The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the 12th Doctor story, The Zygon Invasion. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel is Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, be sure to help us out by writing an Apple podcast review or review anywhere that you're allowed to write podcast reviews and share this podcast with your friends. That helps us grow our community of Doctor Who fans and reach even more listeners. I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Technology. And you can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash technology. So, Jimmy, can you give us a recap of the Zygon invasion? This week, the 12th Doctor is summoned to UNIT because the peace established between humans and Zygons in the Day of the Doctor is breaking down. A rebel faction of Zygons no longer wants to live in human form, but instead wants to be able to show their true selves as blobby Zygons. And they become violent. The faction has kidnapped Osgood in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, and another group has seized a village in Tur- Turmezistan. The doctor goes to Turmezistan, and he finds Osgood, but not before the unit soldiers who came with him are killed. Kate Stewart goes to New Mexico, but the town has been taken over by Zygons, and Kate is apparently killed by Zygons. Meanwhile, back in the UK, Clara discovers Zygons have been kidnapping humans and taking their places, and she leads a bunch of unit people into a trap, only to reveal that it isn't Clara, but a hostile Zygon named Bonnie. And Bonnie calls the doctor, who is flying back to the UK with Osgood. She tells him that Clara and unit are dead, and she fires a surface-to-air missile at his plane. The end. Nice to have a nice happy ending for once. Yes, yes, and no cliffhangers at all. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, obviously, it's this is uh, part one of a two-parter. Zygon invasion, Zygon inversion will be the next one. And as a reminder, this whole season of the Twelfth Doctor are two-parters. So uh, something to keep in mind there. So Which Jimmy, your nice, nice narrative limitation to impose on the series. That was one of the things I appreciated hmm. about Stephen Moffat's run was he tried to do different things in different seasons. And so after a season that was like all one-parters, he said, let's do a season that's all two-parters. Yeah, yeah. Um, So your overall impression of this uh, episode? Eh, It's okay. Um, Not not super thrilled about it. It, I like Osgood. I like seeing Osgood. Um, Everything else is kind of, eh, you know, it's stuff is happening on screen. It's not terrible, but it's not riveting either. Yeah. One thing I wondered about now, I like I like that they incorporated truth or consequences. They even mentioned how it got its name mm-hmm. uh, because truth or consequences is a real town, and it does exemplify the name, exemplifies the goals of the rebel Zygons. They want truth, meaning they want to be able to show their Zygon selves, or there will be consequences, and so it fits with the theme of their ideology. And and it is a real place. I think I'm I'm not sure if I've been there. I've been to a bunch of places in New Mexico. I'm not sure if I've been to Truth or Consequences. Um, but uh, it got its name after the it was when I was growing up, it was a TV show. There was a game show called Truth or Consequences. Before that, it was a radio show. 
And so there was an old time radio game show called Truth or Consequences and a town in New Mexico named itself after the the radio show. The radio show held a contest. They said they'd broadcast like their next episode from whatever town first named themselves after the game show. And this one town in New Mexico did. And they've been Truth or Consequences New Mexico ever since. However, if you have been to New Mexico, you know what it looks like, and it's really obvious they are not filming in New Mexico. In fact, the the New Mexico scenes are filmed in Italy, and it you can just tell it's like they don't have that kind of palm tree. You know, the <laughs> the landscape looks wrong. Yeah, yeah, and I'm guessing uh, Truth of Consequences, New Mexico, is probably a slightly larger town than that small village that they showed as well. Um, it's not huge, but it, I yeah. don't know. I'd have to relook at the episode. What I what I don't get is why do we have this imagine? If we've got a real place, real places like London and Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, why do we have Turkmenistan? You know, that's not a yeah. real place. Why not Turkmenistan? Or it's obviously meant to be one of the former Soviet republics. Um, in, one of the stands you know, in yeah. Central Asia. So why is why is it Turkmenistan? Why can't they? If if we can buckle up and have Zygons invading Truth or Consequences, why can't the Turkmenis buckle up and have Zygons invading them? I'm gonna guess it has to do with political sen- sensitivities. Frankly, I mean that's you know, a, yeah, yeah, it's stupid. It, it is kind of dumb. So my overall impression, I'm in general agreement. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was kind of there. Um, Osgood was the best part. Osgood's one of my favorite secondary characters. It's got this epic scope to it, but still lacks something. There's something missing, even with this big epic, you know, feel that they're going for. And I'm not sure what it is. Is maybe they're going for this big epic thing. And yet it still feels kind of small in many ways. Um, they, like they've done other big epic things, even in this season, you know, with the, with uh, the beginning with Missy and the plane stoppage and all that sort of thing. And, but it just this feels smaller for somehow. Yeah. Um, also, this president of Earth thing, is, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Same here. It just it's kind of dumb. It's not it's I mean, Doctor Who is not all that realistic but it's it's like even more unrealistic <laughs> than normal um it, but the this episode is all flash and witty do- dialogue but the story is lacking i think that's what it is you know there's lots of clever you know moffat's signature clever dialogue but it just the story itself just doesn't have much there to sustain it over the two episodes yeah they also build it up with an opening video where the two Osgoods are telling us about the peace and they're saying that both Zygons and humans are mostly peaceful races, but like any other race, both humans and Zygons have rogue actors who will be violent. And so that's kind of setting us up for tonally setting us up for the fact that yes, Zygons are going to be villains in this, but we also shouldn't view them as just bad guys. Mm. Um, And they say that, that they have this box, which is a MacGuffin. So we've got Chekhov's Osgood box now, you know, that we don't really explore in this episode, but the doctor gave the Osgoods this box that must never be opened, except in case the peace breaks down, which is the nightmare scenario. And 
the way Osgood signals the doctor that things are going wrong is as she's about to be captured in truth or consequences and then apparently taken to Termezistan, she texts the doctor. She's got the doctor's phone on text, uh, you know, his space phone and, or time phone or whatever it is, and she texts him just two words, nightmare scenario. So that's really building this up as a big deal. But if you think about it in terms of Doctor Who and the threats he deals with, 20 million a faction within 20 million Zygons is causing trouble. This is not a nightmare scenario for Doctor Who. This is a border skirmish. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And then this. Yeah, there is a bit of a morality tale that they're trying to tell, too, you know, with the uh, about refugee populations and even when there's trouble that's caused by that it's usually a small percentage of the refugee population which is true i mean that's that's uh, that's very true um so there, there's a it feels a bit like we're we're telling a morality tale as well and i'm not which against not that as preachy as it is in the 13th doctor's time exactly that's what i was going to say is i'm not against that sort of thing but uh it, it it's co- sort of obvious that's what we're doing um so it this this story follows on from as you mentioned from the day of the doctor uh, episode where we had the three doctors we had the ten eleven and the war doctor um, where they made this deal to accommodate the the Zygon refugees um, that the doctor brokered or doctors brokered by making everyone in the room Zygon and human alike forget which they were. And this is great. I love that. That was awesome because there's, and I don't know if Stephen Moffat is aware of this or not, but there's, that's a, that's a key philosophical concept in modern um, political philosophy. There's an American philosopher named John Rawls who argues that the the ideal society would be one in which the rules are are established you know the rules are written for the society by people who don't know what social roles they're going to occupy and that way it ensures absolute fairness to everybody because mm. you don't know if you're going to end up at the top of the heap or at the bottom of the heap and so you're going to be incentivized to write rules that are fair to everybody. And so the the idea of making the Zygons and the humans forget which side they're on as they negotiate a treaty is a classic Rawlsian move in political philosophy. I love it. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. It'd be kind of like making the uh, framers of the U.S. Constitution write the the rules regarding Congress without knowing whether they were going to be in a big state or a small state, you know, that whole compromise or, or, or with the three fifths compromise, make them write the rules, not knowing if they're going to be masters or slaves. <laughs> yeah. That would, that's even clearer uh, example. Yeah, that's true. So there are, there are 20 million Zygons living on earth. Uh, it wasn't clear whether they were like in villages, like in communities or dispersed, um, sort they, of both. They, yeah, they they apparently had population clusters that would go to different places, including Truth or Consequences and Termezistan in London. And we, at one point, they say that's the population of the UK. I didn't really look that well, up. Well, uh, no. So there's there they said they said a significant percentage of the population of the UK are now Zygons. Are now Zygons. Um, okay, but uh, the UK population, if I recall correctly, is like sixty million. Okay. Something like that. And so, as and also, as we know, Missy killed one of the Osgoods earlier 
uh, this season um, mm-hmm. by, by, you know, disintegrating her. And, and the other Osgood refuses to say which it was because she yeah. doesn't identify as either human or Zygon now. She identifies as both. Well, it's kind of a weird thing. And I, I, mean, I, I kind of was trying to figure out what what's that supposed to do? Like the, the idea that. You know, we there are no differences among us. If you if we if we blur the differences, then it's sort of like the like the what we were talking about before with the Rawls thing. If you don't know whether I'm Zygon or human, you have to treat me as the one you know the the, uh, the one that you prefer in a sense. Is is, is that similar or the, one that, or the one that you don't prefer? Um, I took it as kind of. I mean, we see similar things in other situations in world history where you have a conflict between two or more groups of people and some people reject the side the the I'm on your side just because of I'm of the same demographic group and actually I I identify with both demographic groups you know you had things like that in in Ireland uh, a famous one was in India where you had at the time of Indian independence you had you know this question of how is this multi-religious society going to function? I mean, most people are Christians, but Muslims wanted a separate country, which became Pakistan. And figures like uh, Mohandas Gandhi, you know, said things like, I am a Christian and a Muslim and a Hindu, Hindu. and a Jew. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. He yeah. identified as all four. Yeah. Um, now, he was really a Hindu, but he made the yeah. gesture of identifying as all four to stress we need to not fight each other. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, we're you know the, the the famous we're all Americans here. You know, let's yeah that sort of thing. So I guess that's what she's what she's doing there is she's trying to embody the principle of peace, peace between, between Zygon groups. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So what do you think? Do we ever find out? I don't remember if we find out what she really is. The doctor seems to think he knows. Yeah, but then she dethrones that. Um, the doctor bases his conclusion that she must be the human Osgood on the fact that Zygons have historically needed to keep their imprints, the, the humans they're taking a body imprint from, alive. And that goes all the way back to when they were introduced in the fourth doctor's time. Yeah. So all the humans the Zygons impersonated were like in pods somewhere while the Zygons were copying their physical forms. And here, the doctor therefore deduces, if you're still in the Osgood form, you must be the human Osgood, because there couldn't, if if the human Osgood was dead and you were a Zygon, you would revert to your Zygon form. And she says that was before the rules changed. Now Zygons don't have to keep them alive for anything, but if you need to interrogate them. Right, right. Okay. And um, one of the things that kept, coming up to me like i was thinking is and, and they just, obviously they didn't want to deal with this you know in the in the story but how does the doctor even know that this is osgood at all whether the zygon or the human osgood it could be a, a different zygon that affor- that assumed osgood shape well until that moment he doesn't really know i mean he he can sort of make a guess if he's thinking the human osgood must be alive somewhere for someone to be linked to her Mm-hmm. And using her form and the simplest explanation, he doesn't know for a fact that it's the same Zygon, but it's a reasonable inference until yeah. she tells him, actually, we don't need to, Zygons don't need to do that anymore. Right. So the, there, there's a, a, a kind of a cool little bit where they, 
the Zygon leaders, the leaders of the whole Zygon community altogether, the peaceful ones, are disguised and hidden as seven-year-old children, seven-year-old little girls in the UK, which is kind of an interesting way to hide in plain sight. Although I'm kind of curious, are they living with a family? Or <laughs> I was kind of curious about that. <laughs> That's they don't go into detail on no, that. No, they because don't. It would quickly fall apart if they did. Yeah. Um, there's there are other things about hiding in plain sight in this episode that are ridiculous. One of which doesn't even make it up into dialogue, but we have an on-screen caption that tells us we're looking at a unit safe house. And in the window of the safe house, it has a big sign that you can read that says for sale or to let. Yes. It's like you're that you're inviting people to come to your safe house (laughs) and inquire about buying or renting it. (laughs) <laughs> right. This is not the attention you want to draw to a safe house. Right. And like and cuz you're not going to you're not going to sell it or rent it to them. So you're just going to generate a bunch of frustrated people who have noticed that you're advertising for sale or to let and you're not selling or letting it. And you're you're uh people are coming in and out of this place all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah this 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 issues. This issues. Uh so Kate Stewart's solution to the problem is to just bomb all the Zygons, uh, you know, and, and as, as you do, as you do. Um, and of course, the doctor says it's a bad idea, you know, and he says, because if you bomb, though, I think specifically the ones in Termezistan and the doctor says, if you do that, you'll radicalize the rest, which would you like if if they're. If this if is it's all a, a metaphor of the of the Western Middle East. War on Terror, and yeah. yeah, that's all that that that's what they're talking about. Because it just doesn't seem to, yeah, it doesn't. It it seems to be an assertion without argument uh, that that he makes, which the doctor often does, I suppose. Uh, but he says uh, it's a splinter group. The rest of the Zygons, the vast majority, they want to live in peace. You start bombing them, and you radicalize a lot. That's exactly what the Splinter Group wants. Yeah, that is clearly just replace Zygon with Muslim, um, Muslim, or you know, yeah. Then yeah. that's that's what you got. So, um, Kate does uh, at one point refer to the doc, the fourth Doctor's encounter with the Zygons when she's talking about the fact that Harry Sullivan, which she mentions, but not by name, the naval surgeon mm-hmm. working for us. Uh, developed a nerve gas to kill Zygons, um, but the doctor stole it so they couldn't use it. And um, she sets that up by saying there was a Zygon invasion before in the 70s, the 80s, and again, alluding to the unit dating controversy. Yes, yes. <laughs> they they very, always very cleverly uh, dance around that. I like that. Um, so Clara stays. So they split up. The doctor goes to Tremezistan, as you mentioned. Kate goes to New Mexico. Uh, Clara and another unit member called uh, Jack, Jacqueline. Uh, yeah. They're supposed to defend the UK. Which, like, Yeah. And by the way, there's there's like some kind of. Um, what's there's some kind of sexually discriminatory hiring policy at unit at this point, because <laughs> yeah. every single person in authority is a woman. Um, mm-hmm. Kate is a woman, her assistant, the number two, Jack is a woman, Osgood is a woman, the commander, Wal- Commander Walsh in Termezistan Termin- Ter- is a woman, the drone operator is a woman, 
even the two Zygon leaders are little girls. And it's like every single person in authority is a woman. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, guys, I think we're overcompensating for something here. (laughs) There's one dude, the uh, the 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 military, the unit military team leader. And he dies. Right. Yeah. And he's under the authority of Commander Walsh, who's telling him what to do. And he disobeys. And when was the last time? I mean, I think in the eleventh, tenth Doctor's time. I think we had a, uh, like a male general in charge of unit. Um, yeah, it is kind of interesting. But in any case, uh, Clara and Jack, Jack, who are supposed to be defending the entire UK, get up, get caught up in rescuing a kid <laughs> who lives in Clara's building, um, whose parents are uh, Zygons, and it turns out that that whole situation is where the Clara swap happens. So, uh, and, and so the Bonnie, the, uh, Zygon Clara, um, then sets up everything else as a way to lure as many unit soldiers. I mean, is that the entire unit soldiery for the UK that's down there at the end? Bonnie says units been eliminated mostly. Yeah. Not a lot to defend the entire country. (laughs) Not a lot. It could also be that this is, in hindsight, woven into why unit gets defunded later. After such a a catastrophic Mm -hmm. defeat here, maybe they decided this isn't the right tool for the job. Right. But then in the 13th Doctor's time, they are back and uh, in large being led uh, partly not just by Kate, but also uh, Ace and Tegan, which is, was fun to see. I like how um, I like the fact that they did the Clara Bonnie thing because they needed to do that with somebody. The whole thing about Zygons is they take human form. So you've got to do an inv- at some point you have to do an invasion of the body snatchers twist where someone you've been trusting turns out to be a Zygon. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah, somebody had to be the swap. And of course, you, you know, you, you make it as high up in the hierarchy of importance of characters as you can. So it's got to be Clara uh, in that case. Uh, so when they when these they're in Termesistan, the, uh, the the little squad of unit soldiers is approaching the church where they're whole, the Zygons are apparently holed up. And the, although the general and the doctor are sneaking around the back for some reason and um they come out and as the fan, they they've disguised themselves in general between the drone operator and this unit as the family members of these soldiers and get them to you know stop and it's like what are the odds it's your mom that's in that building you know i mean they they try to well, make it as convincing as possible but gosh and they they do a reasonable job of it um you know the so you, you the first thing that happens is they have this drone operator who's the general or commander walsh is ordering to blow up this church and her husband and son come out of the door of the church and mm. she says i can't and and I think she probably knows that they they're likely Zygons, but she can't take the risk because that's the thing about Zygons is historically they have needed your body in order to do a body print. And right. so they could have her husband and son in pods down there inside that church. And maybe they just woke them up and shoved them out the door to to send a signal. 
So um, so it's not <clears throat> completely unreasonable. And then when you have when the drone plan fails because the operator won't operate, you then have this squad of guys sent in and the commander's mom comes out and starts talking to him. And she's like a little old lady and she seems very non-threatening. And he he she he starts asking her questions, which is good, you know, like. He, the first thing he asks is where and when was I born, and she doesn't answer that. And he, and he says, "What's the name of my first toy, uh, or my favorite toy, or something like that?" And she says, "I don't remember. Please don't kill me because I don't remember." And okay, you would remember where and when he was born. Yeah. Um. But I can I can give you a pass on 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 not knowing the name of the toy after. Because this guy is, you know, he looks 40 years old. So after 40 years, you can forget the name of the toy. But they needed a better, they shouldn't have asked the where and when were you born question if she's not going to answer it. Um, yeah. They, is- but then there's this moment yep. where she she realizes he's about to kill her. And there are other family members of other squad units there, too, but she's the only one that talks. But she says, oh, God, you're going to kill me. And then she says, I forgive you and I love you. And and it's a great line and it's a great delivery. And and that's what convinces him not to kill her. And and then they go in to the church and commander Walsh is screaming, you're all going to die and stuff. And then she and the doctor sneak in the back of the church and there are six charred lumps of something on the floor that we're given to understand are them. And they did indeed die immediately afterwards. Right. Camera. They should have, they should have included the sound of lasers firing or something though. Although I wonder where did the Zyguns themselves go after they killed yeah, it's this isn't really well put together at this part of the story. Well, there's another flaw in that in the whole logic of this scene because the Zygon was able to from a distance pull telegra- the, the, through tel- telepathic images from the drone operator of her husband and child. Maybe. Uh, uh, well, I mean, they, they we we're told that they've learned to telepathically pull images, right? That's one of the things that that's yeah. how they're doing it now. Oh, right. And also, I forgot to mention one of the things mom said was they brought us here. Yeah. Which is consistent with the Zygon's historic pattern. But if they're if they're able to now telepathically pull information from people's heads, why do they need people to, to capture people? Just pull whatever they need from their heads. Like, why couldn't she pull the information he was asking for right, right. from his head? Yeah. That, uh, so it was a bit of a writing, writing flaw there. But um, so the doctor basically just stands there while these he's he says nothing in throughout this. Mm-hmm. The commander's yelling at them to get out. The doctor just kind of stands by as they they get killed. He doesn't he's, try to help. He's strangely passive. He has a line at yeah. the beginning about try to kill as few of them as possible. But that's about it. Right, right. It was very, it was a kind of odd thing uh, to to see. Um, And then, so we have back in London, we have Clara and Jack and the, and the uh, unit soldiers in this tunnel where they discover many, many, many pods. um, And Bonnie Clara is, is, is trying to convince them that these are 
um, baby Zygons, essentially, that they're breeding, and we should destroy them all, shoot them all. You know, she pulls out a, uh, you know, a weapon, and she's ready to, to join them in shooting them, and I'm like, that's awfully bloodthirsty for Clara, uh, which th- th- at that point it became clear this isn't glad. Now, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really remember... How, like I remember yeah. the episode, but I didn't remember how the the details of it, how it, uh, it, it took I, place. I didn't either. I was figuring the Zygon turncoat is either going to be Clara or Jack. Yeah. So, and, and then we see Clara in the pod, and then we know. Uh, and then they give us a flashback of, oh, this is what really happened when Clara went into that apartment and saw the this, this kid's parents, and they replaced her there. Um, so... It, at the next point, we have uh, her on the phone with the doctor who's on this plane coming back, who didn't take the TARDIS to Termezistan, but took I this know, plane. I know. It, 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 and they sort of hang a, lamp, a lampshade on this one of why do you want to take this plane? And and I have it in my notes. Why take a plane instead of the TARDIS? Yeah. You know? um, and, but he says he likes poncing about in a big plane. Yes. And, and take. Taking what uh, from to, to, to the area of Central Asia where that is from the UK is what a ten hour twelve hour flight maybe, maybe so who knows Turkmenistan isn't a real country <laughs> I know <laughs> it's true but a giant waste of time that's for sure yeah. you know it it was kind of silly it it was and on the way back they, he's captured one of the Zygon rebels who's sort of explaining the plan to him and. Um and tells him that this plane will never land. And there's also a nice conversation with Osgood, who has been, she and the other Osgood who we see at the beginning have, you know, are, they've incorporated different elements of previous doctors' costumes into what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. So um, Osgood in any given scene may be wearing the fourth doctor's scarf or the fifth doctor's uh um, cricket jumper or, you know, the seventh doctor's question marks on his on his lapels. And late in 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 this episode, uh, Osgood is wearing the question mark lapels. And the doctor says, I see I see you're doing the question marks. And she says, yes, they look good. You should you should still wear them. And he says, I am. I'm wearing question mark underwear. <laughs> which is which is actually if i recall correctly that's actually a lift from the doctor who comics because there's a comic where the doctor is wearing question mark underwear oh that's funny that is good so when when uh bonnie calls the doctor aboard the presidential plane uh, she tells him that clara and kate are dead mm-hmm. and it, why? Like because she's well, she's about she's, to kill him. Yeah, she's just been in contact with. Um, I mean, presumably it's just villain monologuing. She just wants to make his defeat complete by telling him his other allies are dead. Okay. Um. Now the so in truth or consequences where Kate went, she meets this lady sheriff again. There's some abnormal hiring policy where only <laughs> women get positions of authority. Yeah. Um, but she's met this sheriff in, in truth or consequences who seems to be an ally, but eventually reveals herself to be a Zygon. And the reason she ha- doesn't reveal it straight off is be, and this is in my notes. I, as soon as she shows up in truth or consequences, I wrote head of unit goes alone into <laughs> dangerous situation. Right. 
And be, it's like, because you're the head of a paramilitary unit. You should be, or a military unit, you should be taking soldiers with you. You know, why are you as a private person flying into an alien hive? That makes no sense. Um, and as soon as she gets there, when the lady sheriff shows up, the lady sheriff asks the obvious question, where's your backup? And Kate says, first, tell me why I need it. And that leads to a discussion of Zygons and how they invaded the town and so forth. But they're, ultimately, they don't answer it. Right. And why does Kate have no backup? And it, this is it, if they don't answer, if they don't give us a good answer for that, because on its face, it's stupid. If they don't give us a good answer for that next episode, it's a it's another writing flaw. Um, And it really is already anyway, but they could they could redeem it. But then once the once the sheriff become becomes convinced there is no backup, that's when she reveals herself as a Zygon and apparently but not really kills Kate Stewart. Right. Just like apparently the doctor is dead and apparently Clara's dead and oh, it's the end of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but of course, we know that's that's not what happens. So um, any other bits that I missed uh, in my. Uh, nah, it's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it, it's again, it's kind of funny. And that, I think that's part of the lack of the the epic scope that they try to do is like the Kate going alone to New Mexico, like this idea that the head of unit would be alone that it kind of makes the story smaller when it should be bigger. Yeah. And she's also alone in a foreign country where she has no jurisdiction. She should be partnering with whatever her American equivalent would be. And they'd go in together with a, with a, with a bunch of people for backup. Right. Right. They just, they just left this story too small. Just, just like, Jack and Clara's situation. It, yeah, I agree. I agree that the, yes, that's the the essential flaw in the story. I mean, and, and again, I, I didn't hate the story. I kind of mm-hmm. liked it in, in many ways. And, I, you know, I, I always love the clever Moffat dialogue and the, the, the funny bits and that sort of stuff. Uh, it just wasn't as good as it could have been. And that's the disappointment, I guess, for me. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Next time, it'll be the Zygon Inversion. Next time we talk about the 12th Doctor, it'll be the Zygon Inversion. Uh, so for now, I'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including Josh W., Thomas P., Roseanne M., Kevin C., and Meg P. Their generous tax-deductible donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Doctor Who, and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Zyman Yannick, who edited this episode. So that's it from us. What did you think of the Zygon Invasion? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page, or send an email to Who at sqpn.com, or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can watch The Secrets of Doctor Who in video on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing The Seventh Doctor's final story and the end of televised classic Who. Survival. Survival. Until then, Jimmy Akin, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Tom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, 
I'm the president of the world. I'm here to rescue people and generally establish happiness all over the place. 